This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. stand right in front of it. Claire's always got to steal the show. You got to put your arm up like this. <laughs> preferences you have, whatever kind of background or baggage, any of that, you're welcome here because we're here to embody both. So let's say our, our mission statement together. We are a vibrant, welcoming, multi-generational, prosperous community embodying love and awakening spiritual consciousness. 
So, this. so we're going to have some chants with Soulshine, right? Yep. So our, our second course here on <laughs> singing. All right. We, good morning. I was getting to that. Don't worry. I was getting to that. Good morning, Down everybody. Boys. Down boys. Yeah, you know, I'm still recovering from last night's celebration. Yeah. Oh, man. It was awesome. Anyway, uh, every, okay, everybody's standing already. All right, never mind then. You, you know we don't sing from our seats. We sing from our feet. All right, so let's get going. Let's start my day with love. Start my day with love when I start my day with love. That's what I get more of is love. I start my day with love when I start my day with love. That's what I get more of is love. Love, 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 love. I start my day with love. That's what I get more of is love. I start my day with love. I start my day with love. That's what I get more of is love. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. Love, love, my day with love when I start my day with love that's what I get more of is love I start my day with love when I start my day with love that's what I get more of is love 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 come on everybody love love here. Let's amp up the energy with some celebrations. Claire. Oh, I'm not. Well, they're getting all gussied up. I want to celebrate the Stevensons back there because they were the first ones to get a video into me of their beautiful children because for Christmas Eve, we want to have all of our children talking about what gifts they are in the world. And so if I haven't gotten a hold of you yet and you have a child, I would love to have that from you. So take it away. All right. I, I have a, are we on, Nico? There we go. I have a helper today. I recruited her from the nursery. You want to say what your name is? Evelette. Evelette. Isn't that a beautiful name? I have not heard that name before. And she, I, I was going to wear this hat, but I... Thought she'd probably look cuter in it then. I bet you have never seen a Viking Santa before. Oh, and I get the Santa. Okay. We can both have it. So we are doing, we just had a couple online. I'm trying to get my, I don't know. I'm like, that's what happened. I drank coffee this morning. I'm not normally a coffee drinker. And when I, but it was like I was having a hard time getting up. And then I did. And I'm like, okay. And I can't talk fast enough. Um, 
So let's see who we had someone online, Sylvia. Sylvia posted online. She had, you know, when your computer's broken and it's, and it's, so it's out for repair and then you've got to deal with either an old, old, crappy one that has nothing on it. So she's been dealing with that all week. So she's celebrating getting her computer fixed and having it back. She is also, what else was she celebrating? Did anyone see? I'm just drawing a blank. Something else. Well, anyway, yay, Sylvia, you have your computer back and whatever else you were celebrating. Suzanne was celebrating that her son, her wonderful son, who loves to come over and fix stuff for her, so celebrating that. We all, our kids who, Leo, are you paying attention? You, when you get big, you got to help your mama fix some stuff. And come on, he already does? Okay, perfect. All right, Evelette, we're going to see. Yay! Okay, Evelette's going to take the mic, and if you have one, raise your hand high so she can see. Thank you, Evelette. Uh, I'm celebrating. Jim and I went up to Portland uh, on Friday, and uh, we had a great time. We saw the uh, Van Gogh experience, which was lovely. We had a beautiful dinner at, at Huber's, which is the oldest restaurant in Portland, and we had a lovely time. And I don't know how many people saw it on our, just as we were coming in a little late, but uh, a gorgeous rainbow over uh, and Jim got a great picture of it over the church so it was such a beautiful thing to celebrate and come into church today so yes <laughs> I think we are celebrating my mom being here for Christmas for the first time in 15 years maybe longer so yay, we're all together. That's fun. This might seem like a skewed celebration, but I've had a lot of issues, uh, a lot of things happen in the last couple of weeks, some deaths and some tragedies and all of some, you know, harsh things to deal with. But I just want to thank Unity and celebrate Unity principles because I have really learned to hold space in such a different way and just just be able to handle things and not get triggered. And so really, and I just read the five principles. I bought the book and just devoured it really quickly. So if you're not immersed in the principles, uh, I really recommend that you study because I am a different person. So when I was a little girl, two years old, I got burned badly, and my mom sent me to my grandma Avalon's, and my grandma had music up with people and sound of music and all of the wonderful, wonderful um, original um, recordings of um, Cinderella and all of that, and my imagination and my love for music and my dependence on music as really the way that I coped with getting through my healing and through life in general. If I'm happy, I want to be around music. If I'm sad, if I, it, whatever's going on, I lean toward music and it permeates my, my life and my being. And I've really, really missed 
this last year and a half of not being able to go out for music like two or three times a week in Central Oregon and have live music and enjoy. So this last um, two weeks with Anastasia last week and, and with Tom Grant last night, I was completely transcended to another world. And then with Ananda, who has um, impacted my life tremendously with his music. I'm just so thankful for the music that's coming back into our lives. And I just want, I'll bet, the first concert I, we attended after a long, I mean, I was crying. Because it's, man, just to have that, wow, super powerful. So do you have anything you want to celebrate, Evelyn? Um, I like that Christmas Eve is coming near. Yeah, that's a big celebration. All right, give it up for Evelyn, my assistant, this morning, and let's have a wonderful service. All right, and now we have our reflection question. And the reflection question for this time is, are there any particular triggers or any particular places that help you to be more in the present? So would you... Just get with someone that you don't usually have conversations with. So not the person you live with, somebody else. And we're just gonna do this for a few minutes. And if you're online, we invite you to put in the chat your responses to that. All right, let's come back. I really want to just voice some appreciation to those of you who are watching online because I know this is a little bit more difficult. It's so rich for those of us who are here in the room and putting it in the chat is just not as satisfying, I'm sure, as it is to be here. So thank you for your patience with this part of the service. Um, and now we're going to move into a time of prayer. So to begin with, I want you to notice the green sheets that are in the pocket in front of you. If there isn't one right in front of you, there's probably one in the seat right beside. I strongly encourage you to pick one of those up. And if you're online, there is a link for prayer, one that you can use anytime throughout the week. When something comes up, you can just go there and, and fill in a prayer claim, and we get it. And, once a week, those prayer claims go out, and then the whole prayer team is holding your intention with you. So this is like a supersized affirmation, because it's not just you're holding it in your mind when you can hold that positive thought, but you have this whole team that isn't invested in the negative version, the worry that, that we can put out. Instead, this whole team is holding the truth with you. So it's really, really powerful to fill these out. I often say, only fill out the things that you really want to see happen. So if you don't fill it out, by extension, it's like, eh, if it happens, it happens. But if you really care, fill it out. When we pray, it's so easy to focus on the things that aren't right in our lives, the places where we're struggling financially, with our health, with relationships, 
looking, we've listened to the news and the political situation or the climate situation. I mean, those are all areas that it's so easy to get overwhelmed. But what we teach in prayer is that there is more than one dimension. And there is a higher dimension to each one of us. There is a higher dimension to our reality. And when we focus on that, it's like the rainbow that those of us who are lucky to be traveling to the, the north today got to see. There's all this rain that's taken up and just diffused into color and hope. And it's so beautiful. And when we pray, we take those raindrops of, oh, don't like this, and we shift it into something beautiful because we switch into a higher dimension. And when we pray together, we are holding that with one another. So right now, let's just slip into that space. Let's see that rainbow over our lives. And we know the truth that what seems like rain what seems like something that's going to get us all soaked and give us a miserable day, that's not truth. The truth is this beauty, this color. And so we hold the people that we know that could use this lift of prayer. There's a beautiful spiritual community that meets out in our labyrinth area, and they're meeting out in the rain. And so we just hold them just being immersed in the rainbow. Their community is blessed. And we, we hold all of the people who are running around in every direction, getting ready for the Christmas holiday, and we see them finding the deep peace. We see those, like our beautiful Naomi, who was supposed to be the host today, and she had a bad headache that she believes came from the stress of caring for her beautiful mother, Rachel, who had surgery and needs some extra help. And so we hold Rachel and we hold Naomi in our hearts and we see their health just shining through and healing happening. We hold the, that beautiful baby girl that Aaron had a couple of weeks ago that is in our space, the newest member of our community. We hold her in her perfection and we claim that she, as all of our children, as they grow, will know only the perfection of who they are. And we hold each one of us that we will look in the mirror more kindly and see our truth <laughs> oh, and we greet the world with a big hi. <laughs> we are so blessed to be here in this community. And so let's take our prayer song now.
Let's say together, love is our ultimate reality, everywhere present and whole. It radiates abundantly and continually creates good in my life and in the world. As we gratefully acknowledge the presence and power of love now, we see the people and circumstances we hold in prayer healed and illumined by love, and so it is. And now I have the good fortune to be able to introduce Kevin Kubota. And after our song, he's going to lead us in meditation and then a message for today. You all know Kevin, unless you're brand new, um, as being the person who's behind the scenes there on the camera and the technology. He is a technology wizard. He has been in this field his whole adult life. He's uh, an amazing photographer and has done lots of videos. And, and he had made the decision to step onto the path for Unity Ministry. And then COVID hit. And he has such a heart of a servant that he believed that he would give better service, not by continuing his studies at that point, but by serving us with technology. There's a gentleman in our community, Gary Schmidt, who has been in the technology field for a very long time and has been in many Unity churches around the country. And he said, what we have going here in terms of the technology is the best he has seen anywhere. And it's because of this man. But it's not, it's not just that he's technologically skilled. He has such a big heart. He, he has led the prayer ministry. If you have had a prayer from Kevin, you know where that can take you. He's amazing. He has spent endless hours for, we're doing something called the 12 Days of Christmas that I'll talk about later, but he has filmed all of these people that are offering the gifts. He's going to put together the video for the children so that they can be part of Christmas Eve. Every time I turn around, there's something else that Kevin is volunteering to do. His heart is so big. He and Claire have opened their homes numerous times for groups to come in. He leads our spirit group program. There is just no end to the goodness of this man. And I am so grateful that we all get to hear his wisdom today. He's also a world traveler, so I guess we're going to get a little bit of that in, in the process. And, and there are trips in the works that we'll get to go on with him as a spiritual community. So, ah, time for music. Eric. Are you, are you doing the first song? Oh, it's Ananda. I forgot. So I could, in, I could introduce Ananda while I'm at it here. 
Ananda, he's getting to be old hat here. You know, he's just, he's been here several times and his music just is so amazing. He, he is somebody who has international fame and yet here he is in Little Bend, Oregon, enriching our community. We are so blessed. He is a student of Hindu tradition and he um, does kirtan. He has a kirtan group that's going to be starting to meet here. And he, ju he just is such a blessing in the world, and his music will take you to incredible places. So thank you for being here, Ananda. So I'm um, excited to share with you this uh, song that's kind of the, it's the title track for my uh, brand new album, Flow Like a River. So let's just take the journey.
Get that energy flowing. And um, I want to share some things that are helpful for me for meditation. Um, one of the things I always used to find, I'm very sensitive to sounds when I'm meditating, and every little sound I would say, ah, it's not quiet enough, or those darn kids next door, or whatever, you know. And I found that this amazing technique of just listening to the sounds, being present with the sounds, imagining the sounds as these beautiful waves in your head, the sound waves, and just listening to it, whether it's the beautiful voice of a child or the hum of an air conditioner, but to be present with the sound rather than judging the sound makes everything different. So let's, let's go to meditation. I'm going to do a little counting, and then I'll tell you a little story that's a true story from Thich Nhat Hanh that we're going to put ourselves in this story and use it as part of our meditation too. So let's start by just noticing the sounds in this room from the subtle hum to the rustling of people next to us or the breathing. And forget what you know about this sound and just hear it. Just be with it. Let it form a beautiful pattern in your mind of sound waves. We'll count to 11. One, I am one with all there is. Two, I love you. Three, all I need is inside of me. Four, I'm opening up the door. Five, it's so good to be alive. Six, I'm magical and full of tricks. Seven, on earth, as it is in heaven. Eight, life is great. Nine, I am divine. Ten, I go within and find my Zen. Eleven, on earth I create my heaven. And now we're back in Vietnam. Many years ago, we're taking a little wooden boat out into the pond where the lotus blossoms bloom. They open during the day and they close at night. So in the evening, we paddle out on our little wooden boat. We have a little bag on our belt pull up next to a lotus blossom and out of our bag and our belt we pull tea leaves and we sprinkle them gently over the face of this lotus knowing that as night comes the flower will close wrap itself around our tea leaves and infuse it with the beautiful essence of lotus flower 
We watch the sunset and then we paddle home. And morning is coming. We get in our boat. We put a kettle, a stove, teacup, teapot. We paddle out to that lotus. As the sun is opening and the mist on the water is enveloping and moistening our skin, the lotus is opened. They gently remove the tea leaves, now infused with this beautiful, sweet essence of lotus flower. We put it in our teapot and we brew the best cup of tea as we watch the sun rise sitting in our boat. What if we could be this present in everything we do? What if our non-judgment of sound could be applied to people? What if we could listen to people without judgment without categorizing what they're saying and just listen. See what they're saying as beautiful sound waves in our heads. Let's bring our attention back. morning or day, whatever it is. Um, I would like to share something really intimate with you guys today. It's something I'm, I'm a little nervous about because it's probably the most personal and intimate story I've ever shared. And um, my mom is experiencing, well, she was here last night at Tom Grant's concert up probably five hours past her bedtime to watch the concert here. And so she's not here today, but I'm going to talk about mom and some amazing things that I've discovered. Um, she's experiencing dementia, clinically, um, but I call it something different. So first of all, my sister and I grew up in Hawaii. My sister is here this morning, Keisha. And when we were children, my mom never taught by telling us what to do. She would show us what to do. If she wanted us to weed in the garden, she would go out to the garden. She'd start weeding, and then she'd say, all right, now you can do it. Come on over here. But she would do it. She would lead by example. She never pushed religion on us. She never pushed us to go, which is strange because she was a Sunday school teacher, and she actually ended up in Hawaii because she left Mississippi as a Southern Baptist, Methodist, whatever, <laughs> summer missionary, and she went to Hawaii to save the Hawaiians from their sins, ended up falling in love with Hawaii, falling in love with a Japanese man and deciding to get married. And then she told her father in Mississippi that she was going to get married. Her father flew to Hawaii immediately, tried to talk her out of the wedding, was unsuccessful. I guess Pearl Harbor was still a little too fresh in their minds. And he flew home before the wedding. My mom, fortunately, <laughs> still got married, had me. 
And uh, a few years later, as a little infant, my grandparents, I guess, couldn't stand uh, not having anything to do because their family basically disowned her at that point uh, in Mississippi. And I guess they had enough of that, so they allowed her to bring me back to Mississippi to see them, and the ice started to melt. One of my favorite memories of my mom as a child was Mom and Kev days. And she would dedicate a day every week to take me out and just do something just with me, just us. And then when my sister came along, you know, when she, uh, five years after me, then we would, she'd take us both out. We'd go to the beach, we'd go to the park, we'd go to the zoo, we'd go play and have picnics, but it was just our day. Her attention was on me the entire day, and it was so special, and one of my fondest, fondest memories. It meant a lot to me. As we grew, my mom was a piano teacher, so she taught in her home, taught piano to kids, young kids, so she could be home with my sister and I. So we hear these kids getting piano lessons, and I remember these kids coming in and playing the same ridiculous, monotonous, stupid song over and over again. We're like, ah! And mom just sat there like it was the first time she had ever heard this song, her presence fully with every child. In fact, the, the only time I could remember, I was trying to think, like, when was the maddest I have ever seen mom? And when I was maybe 10 years old, and she was teaching piano lessons, and I was in the bedroom playing, and I had very explicit instructions, don't, don't come bother mom while she's teaching her piano lessons. It's only 30 minutes, whatever can wait. But for some reason, I decided I needed to bug her every five minutes, and I came out, and she'd say, please go back and play in the bedroom, we'll be done in a minute, and I'd come out and play. And I came out one too many times to bug her, and she got up from her piano bench, and she took me by the hand, and she walked me into the back bedroom, and she grabbed my face, <laughs> and she goes, you do not bother me when I'm teaching. She had the fire of God in her voice, I tell you, and I'd scared the bejesus out of me, and I'm just like, I've never seen my mom that mad before, and you can be sure I never bothered her again while she was teaching, unless I was dying, which was not very often, fortunately. But I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. And then over the years, mom was always supportive of no matter what crazy thing I was into, from multi-level mar marketing to selling water filters to Dungeons and Dragons to building hot rods, whatever crazy thing I was into, she was all about it. She was supportive. She was there. <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> A few years ago, we started to realize that the dementia was really setting in with mom. We're back in Bend, she's here in Bend. And it, it, the time came, well, see, her mom died of, of Alzheimer's. And so we've always got that in the back of our minds, of course. But she'd always told my sister and I, she said, if I ever get to that point where I am not making good decisions, you guys take over everything for me, just tell me what to do, tell me where to go, and I'm good which is easier said than done, right? Well, that day came when we needed to sit her down and go, Mom, uh, driving privileges, gotta go. <laughs> and it was time to make the streets of Bend safer again, and Mom was not happy that that included her not driving on them. But we pulled the, Mom, you told us card that we were making decisions, and she amazingly remembered that and agreed, but then, 
Of course, she forgot that she agreed, and we had to have that same conversation several times more before she finally got it that she was not driving anymore. If you go to visit my mom, which we do every day, the first thing she'll likely do is take you to the window or take you outside and show you one of her favorite trees. My mom is an amazing gardener and she loves trees. And she'll take you to that tree and go, look at this tree. It's so tall. Isn't it beautiful? And she'll say that about whatever tree she happens to be standing at. And she says, this is the first tree I planted when I moved to this property. There was nothing else here. This was the first tree. Isn't it beautiful? And we'll go, yes, it is, Mom. And the next day, it's that tree over there that was the first one on the property. And she'll tell that to everybody. And it always changes. It doesn't really matter. But she loves her tree. She loves her garden. And when we take her for a walk in the park near her house, we'll walk out in the park. And every little tree, she stops. Ah, look how tall it is. Isn't it beautiful? And then we'll go to the rock formation. Look at these rocks. These rocks are beautiful. And then the sky, of course, it's so blue. Look at it. It's beautiful. And you know, walking with mom now, as you can imagine, makes us slow down. It makes us just really admire the beautiful little things. I don't know what takes longer now, taking a walk and then stopping to marvel at everything in the world out there or taking our dog for a walk that pees on everything out there. But either way, you can't be in a hurry when you're out walking with these two. Last Mother's Day, we, went to, we took mom to Kababa for brunch. And as we're walking back to the car, she's walking on the sidewalk and then she stops dead in her tracks. This tree is so tall. It looks just like the one in my yard. And I looked at it and I said, Mom, that's a telephone pole. <laughs> but it is tall. Yes, it is. It's very tall. And she got a giggle, and then we went, moved on. And one day, Claire had this amazing idea to sit down with Mom with a recorder, with a voice recorder on her phone, and to ask her questions, questions about her life memories as a child, and she shared some great memories, and then Claire asked her this great question. She says, Mom, what's, what's one thing that you still want to do in your lifetime? She thought about it for a moment, and she goes, I want to go to that little sandwich shop down the street over there, that one, that one that I love. And I said, Panda Express? She's like, yeah, she loves Panda Express. I'm like, and she starts giggling, so we're laughing, you're laughing, okay. So that's what you want to do. And Claire asked her, when you die, what's, what is the one thing you want people to know? And she says, without hesitation, I want people to know how much I love them. She had no hesitation on that one. And mom will tell us all the time how grateful she is how much she appreciates her family, how much she's thankful for all the experiences she's had in her life. She's no shortage of gratitude.
we asked her because she's said many times, she said, if I go now, if I were to die today, I would have no regrets. And that's something she's, she's told us over and over again. And I believe it to be true. One of the things that I have realized is that I think we people who still have our memory intact tend to think less of people who are losing their memories. Whether we voice it or not, we hold that intention or something. We talk down to them maybe, like they're stupid. And mom is not stupid. She can have an amazing conversation with you. She won't remember she had that conversation. You have it several times over. But it's a really awesome conversation. She can talk your hair off. That's not really an expression. But <laughs> she'll do it. <laughs> and speaking of hair, mom doesn't, she's one of those that doesn't care what she looks like. We'll often go to the house and find her with a dirty old t-shirt and baggy sweatpants with a safety pin to hold them from falling off. And either one of those items will be inside out or backwards. The other day we went over there to take her to, get, take her to the hair salon because she normally just gets the kitchen scissors and cuts her own hair and makes quite a mess of it. And so we said, Claire said, we're going to take you to the salon and to get your hair cut. She goes, and pay for a haircut? What? Like, I think we paid like 75 bucks for that haircut, which is kind of crazy, actually, if you think about it. But <laughs> she looks darn cute. If you see my mom the last few days, man, she's cute. Um, but that's her. She doesn't care. She's just present. I was driving down the road not too long ago with Claire, and all of a sudden it just hit me. Mom doesn't worry about the past. She doesn't hold any grudges. She's not worried about the future. She knows that she's going to be taken care of. She doesn't want for anything material. Can you imagine that? There is nothing I've ever heard her say materially that she wants or needs, ever. She doesn't care what people think about her. She's always wondering it and marveling at the little tiny things in life, the beautiful trees, the rocks, the children playing, whatever. She can stand there and just stare at the world and be content for hours. She's always present, and she's at peace with her understanding of God. And it hit me. Isn't that the definition of enlightenment? <laughs> Hello! Monks spend years and years practicing to get to this point of enlightenment when they can be like my mom who has dementia. <laughs> right? I mean, it's crazy. It's like, what if enlightenment is simply forgetting all the things you thought were so important to remember? How simple it can be to just be present and enlightened, and a tree helps. Speaking of trees, one of the things that Thich Nhat Hanh shared was a practice that he did with his monks when they were younger. He had a teacher that would, that would give them poems to recite while they were doing daily activities, everything they did during the day. And so there's this book of poems, and they're called um, Rathas? 
something like that. But they're basically very simple, four lines, five words each line, and they would recite that while they're cleaning, while they're cooking, while they're dressing, while they're walking. They would recite these things, and it helped them to be present and in the moment. So I said, well, I'll make up one of those for my, for my mom when I'm out with her, and I'm looking at trees to remind myself to be present. So our, our, our chant is beautiful trees, so very tall, connecting earth, connecting sky, your stillness gives me presence. I thank you, Mother Gaia. And I've gotten to the habit now of reciting that in my head. When I'm out walking, looking at trees, touching trees. And I want to share one last story with you of how this really came into play with me on a trip to Ireland, as Jane was talking about, had this kind of amazing experience. And it started with, before we went to Ireland, there's a woman, Elizabeth Brady, who's a member of our congregation, somebody of you know Liz, and we saw her on a hike, and we told her we're going to Ireland. And she says, if you go to Ireland, if you happen to go to Killarney, go to Muckross Abbey. I said, all right. Of course, I wrote it down. A few weeks later, we went to Ireland, we found ourselves in Killarney, and I said, Let's go to Muckross Abbey. So we looked it up. It was late at night. It was almost too late to go. It was getting dark. We started to, we hiked in to find this place. And it's this amazing abbey from 1448 that has been there. The roof is collapsed, but the walls are perfectly intact. You can walk through it. It's like a maze. You can climb through it. And in the center of the courtyard, there is a cloister around an open courtyard with a beautiful, huge tree. It's called the yew tree, Y-E-W. And we were the only ones there, Claire and I, as we walked into this place, and the rain started to fall, and it was quiet, and I'm looking at this, this incredible tree. There's a picture of it there through the, through the wind, to the arches. And so we walked all around through the arches, and the rain started to fall. As I'm sitting there, I could just feel my mom and her Above of trees, like calling me. So I started to climb over the little guard wall there and I walked up to the tree. And as I'm walking up to it, I hear bagpipes. <laughs> bagpipes start to play. I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> so I'm walking in it, the rain is coming. I can hear the rain trickling through the stone and start to echo through the hallways and bagpipes are playing. So I walk up to this tree and I just put my hands on her and I start to channel and say my mantra. And as I'm doing my prayer, I hear the voice of an old man praying in Irish. And I don't know what he's saying, but I, it's Irish and he's talking to this tree He's praising this tree. And so I let my prayer sort of fade into listening to his prayer. He sat there in the rain. And then when it was done, I pulled back, listened to the tree a little bit more, and realized that he was an actual man. He had appeared. He was behind the tree where I didn't see him. We started to talk afterwards. And I'll share a little bit about that you. But here's, when I, when I was done with my prayer, I, I, all I could do is I got to capture this. So I actually captured a few moments of the, the experience there. And I hope this translate. But go ahead and uh, see if you can play that, Nico. 
kind of, kind of spooky, but kind of cool. And then we ended up, this guy walks around and talks, starts talking to us, and he says, you know, whatever he says, and introduces himself, and find out he's a spiritual leader, guide over Ireland. He starts telling us about Celtic religions and beautiful sacred places to visit, and we have this long conversation. Then he says, I do tour, spiritual tours over Ireland, and I'm like, I want to do a spiritual tour of Ireland. So, of course, we exchanged numbers, and we started planning, and so that's a whole other story, but it just led to this amazing connection, which I'm still waiting to unfold. But wow, how Spirit just led that from meeting on the trail to walking up to this tree and having this experience. It's all from opening up and being present. So what I, what I want to leave you with is that this holiday may be the most valuable gift you can give anyone is simply your undivided, unadulterated presence. I think there's a saying like, it costs nothing to pay attention, right? So what if the most valuable gift you can give, what if something that's going to last forever for some young child or the person in need is just your presence with them? What does presence look like? It means you're not thinking about the past, you know? Just like in the meditation, we're not thinking about this person's history. If I'm going to talk to you, Jody, I don't care what happened yesterday. If I'm present with you, I'm here right now. Part of being present is forgetting the past, forgetting what you know about somebody, and at the same time, honoring and embracing what you don't know about them at the same time. Because that makes a difference, right? So I'd like to leave you with just, number one, reconsidering what you think about people with memory loss, public service announcement. <laughs> Consider that they may have something that we don't yet, which is presence, presence of being, presence of connection. I think when we are present, we are actually showing the, the true presence of God to others. So give that gift this holiday. Be present. Thank you. What if our presence was the greatest gift that we could ever give to anyone? What if our presence is here at this time, at this precious, precious time, to illuminate the world in a way that's never been illuminated before? What if dementia Alzheimer's, any kind of memory loss, is a way to handle this precious world in the best way that they know how? 
What if a tree, any tree, is our greatest teacher? What if we bow to the flower, the, the sky, the constellations? What if we know that we are the gift that keeps on giving? What if our presence, no matter how we're feeling, is meant to be here in such a way that love, the love that we have inside just radiates all the time? What if the vibration of life is the key to suffering, knowing that we are the vibration of life? What if everyone sitting here knew that they are the diamonds, that they are the gold, that they are the treasures that they no longer seek to, they no longer need to seek? So what if we go to that courtyard in the abbey together, or all seven billion of us, and we praise that tree, and we praise that music, and we praise those walls of ancient knowing. What if we go there together, and when we leave, we know we can live fully in the presence of the God-given, goddess-given love that we are. This is going to be a kirtan, chanting mantras from the Sanskrit tradition. I guess we're getting kind of a world flavor today. And um, it's to Krishna, to Krishna as this, the form of Bhagavate, the, the illuminator and the lord of the universe. So I guess we can kind of tune in with this concept of, of Krishna here holding us all in that presence.
Thank you so much. That was really beautiful. And thank you, Kevin, for that heartfelt, humble talk. It's, I, I've had the joy of being with Judy, and I remember one day we were at the picnic table down by um, Taylor Made Sandwich Cart, and she got a soda, and she's looking at it and has no idea how to open it. And what's more, she's not really sure what it is, but when we get it open, <clears throat> she has a taste, and it's like, oh, my. <laughs> it's just, it's so beautiful, and I love you framing it as, as her being present, because that's really my experience of her. She's a beautiful human being, and I, I love seeing that phase of life in a, in a whole new frame so that it, we don't walk into our futures terrified that we'll get dementia, but instead hopeful that we'll get enlightened and maybe could practice it now. So this is our time of giving, if the ushers want to come up. Um, this is a time of year when you can't go to your mailbox without getting a request for donating to this cause or that cause. And there's, there's so many groups out there that are doing such good work in this world, and, and we want to give. And so right now, I guess we're in line. We're saying, this is a group. And if you really believe that the mission to embody love and awaken spiritual consciousness is something that you want to be part of, then your energy, your money, your love, your, your participation, that's how you do it. I don't know about you, but I feel so full. It's like I need those Thanksgiving pants of um, spirituality right now because so much has been flowed into me with the music and the message and the presence and the celebrations. And I, I was thinking, you know, whether it's the tree and sitting there and hearing a prayer in Irish and bagpipes from some other dimension coming in, or it's listening to this music in a language that we don't know. It's something that is lifting us into another dimension. And that's something that giving has the opportunity to do. We can stay focused on the literal, like how much money is in my checkbook, or we can say, whoa, I am lifted up to something that is bigger than me. And I get to walk out of here and radiate that to other people. So as you prepare your gift, whether you're texting it or you're going to, there we have a lot of ways. You're going to write a check, you're going to do cash, you're going to do it once a month and this isn't that day. But hold it in your heart. Hold us, all of us, in your heart as you make this offering. So let's bless these baskets because they're empty now. But 
empty is just the invitation for possibility. And we welcome that. Amen. So let's sing while those baskets are passing. And put your prayer cards in. And, and also, if you're here for the first time, there is a blue card in the pocket in front of you that you, if you fill that out, you'll get on our mailing list. Is anyone here for the first time? That little, that little toy there? <laughs> we welcome, we, we are accepting of all individuals, even yellow, red, wiggly ones. <laughs> doing we haven't done for a while. I am so blessed. And I think I'm in the different... <laughs> We're professionals. I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong key. That works for the other song, but not for this one. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. I am so grateful for all these gifts. We send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in this world and return to us multiplied abundantly, and so it is. So I have a few announcements. The first one is Christmas Eve is going to be a live service at 5.30. And if you've looked outside recently at 5.30, you know it's already dark, so it may as well be midnight. It's midnight <laughs> somewhere. And um, we invite you to be here or watch online. And um, so that's going to be fun. We have a, a few really cool things planned for that. Uh, it will be a candle lighting service, so if you're planning to watch online, be sure you have your candles with you so that you can participate in that. Um, we have the five principles of Zen coloring book. No, five principles book and the Zen coloring book. <laughs> but maybe we should have a five principles of Zen. I don't know. There's an, for those writers and colorers of you out there, there's an opportunity to create something. Anyway, I, I have given that book now to a few people, and they've been astonished at how beautiful the affirmations are from Silent Unity that go along with the coloring. So if you have extra people on your list still, you might want to get those. Claire? I'm just going to tag on that. Um, 
But last week, Carol Fox was sharing with me that she gave that coloring book to a friend of hers who has Alzheimer's. Uh -huh. And she just loved it. And just reading the little affirmations, because it's all little one-sentence affirmations from the Daily Word. And she just, for her to read, I am the light, or, you know, and was such a beautiful. So I thought that was appropriate to share it. Yeah. It's such a neat. That's wonderful thing. And they're, they're back there, right, in the corner? Yeah, or I'll bring them out to the front. Okay, that's great. Also, um, we have on December 21st, which is the winter solstice, there is a beautiful meditation that's going to be offered from 6.30 to 7.30. Um, from, and that will be online. And if you go to our calendar, you can click on that to register. It's, I think it's $10. And um, the person that's leading that, Catherine, is a, a wonderful, wonderful spiritual being. And it'll be really beautiful. Um, movie night, December 27th, is going to be um, Shalom, Tango Shalom. And this is about um, this rabbi who has to raise money so that his temple is preserved. But, and so he enters this tango contest, but the, he's not allowed to touch a woman. And so you can imagine that doing the tango could be very challenging. So this is, it's a very human movie and beautiful. Um, let's see, on January 3rd, the Monday, um, we're going to have a prayer for ordinary people class. It's a four-week class. It's free, and it's just a way for you to feel really comfortable about praying in the way that Unity prays. So again, go to the calendar and... Um, and tell your friends, you know, if, if you know somebody who would like to do that. That's also online, so it, we don't have to worry about if we get a snowstorm. Um, the prayer team is going to be available right after the service, and so is Ananda in the back with his CDs, if you'd like to pick some of those up. Um, also, we're going to be doing the um, 12 Days of Christmas is going to be happening after. It's, actually, it's going to start on Christmas Day but then go for 12 days afterwards. And every day, if you come to our website, you will find some offering. So it might be, there'll be at least a couple things. It might be a song, it might be a message, it might be a poem, it might be a meditation. So um, I really encourage you to make the habit of every day. And if you miss it one day, you can go back to the link from the day before, but you can't skip ahead because we want you to be in the present. <laughs> so. Anyway, that's, that's a fun thing that we're doing this year, and so we're going to do that in lieu of having Sunday services for two weeks because we thought, oh, the day after Christmas and the day after New Year's are not the ideal days to come to church, but that doesn't stop us from gifting something. So that's what we're doing, and our burning bowl service this year is going to be a little different you're going to go online. One of the gifts of Christmas is the meditation that I normally do about finding your spirit animal and word for the year. So you're going to do that on your own, and you can write it on a rock like you've done before. You can write down what you want to release on just ordinary paper, and then you can come to the labyrinth, and you can toss your paper in the fire, and you can hang out around a bonfire. So, um, Jim Pasmore is going to be our bonfire keeper there, so we know for sure that he will be there, and hopefully you'll join him. And 
Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're on fire. Thank you. <laughs> you're always on fire, Jim. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> okay, so let's say our prayer of protection. The light of God surrounds me. The love and the light of God. The love of God enfolds me. I am the love of God. The power of God protects me. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over me. I am the presence of God. Wherever I am, God is because I am. All right, let's feel free to sing along. You know the words because you just said them. The light of God surrounds me. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds me. I am the love of God. The power of God protects me. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over me. I am the presence of God. Wherever I am, God is, oh yeah. Wherever I am, wherever I am, wherever I am, God is, because I sitting there and with that happy holidays merry christmas and we'll catch you on a website